are listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life Moscow Campus, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. My name's Darby Anderson. I'm excited. Hey, thanks. Um, I'm excited to be here and be a part of this conversation called Forever Change. Uh, we've been on this journey, and I have, turns out, forever been changed. I was born and raised to be a good atheist. I don't know what that is, but that's what I was born and raised to be. And apparently, I'm standing here and not that anymore. So, um, yeah, it's a good thing. You can, I guess, clap for that. I like the audience participation. This is great so far. Um, so, so yeah, a um, little bit about us, uh, our family. Um, that is us, and that is the story of our last year. And in that last year, if you look at the top there, you go, wait, that looks suspiciously familiar. That was when we were stalking you last summer and uh, checking out things. And yeah, we were in Lewiston hanging out with my aunt and I met Aaron then and uh, began uh, a family journey uh, to get us here to Moscow. Next uh, adventure we took were, were seeing the giant sequoias and then we hung out on our front yard, our former front yard before a wedding and then there we were in the Pacific Northwest at my nephew's graduation in Seattle from UW. So there's a little bit about us, and I don't know if you know, but we're all always forever being changed, and sometimes those changes aren't great, like gravity has forever been changing me, and so I need to put these on to uh, see what I'm talking about. And um, one of the things that I thought I'd share with you is I have been called, I, I think I'm rare on lots of reasons, but I'm rare because I've been called to Moscow. And before you correct me, before you correct me, jeez, <laughs> he wouldn't even let that come out. Wait a minute. No, really. Uh, I was called to Moscow, Russia, and was a missionary in Moscow, Russia for over a year. And uh, man, you couldn't wait. Wait a minute. And I've also been called to Moscow, Idaho. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And from what I hear, the Campus Crusade guy, or they don't call Crusade anymore because it's offensive, the crew guy, um, you got that. Um, the crew guy at one of the campuses happened to serve in both places. So I, I learned that. So there's more than one of us that have been called to Moscow and Moscow. So I'm excited to be here. We're excited to be here. Um, I was paid to coach soccer for 27 years, and just so you know, my coaching stance is not normally this. <laughs> From what I hear, that's the normal coaching stance in the Northwest. Uh, mine was more like this and like that. So we have to yell across a big old field. When I speak in situations like this, I like to think that I'm part of a discussion, maybe starting a discussion, that the conversation would go beyond the here and the now. And not just putting comments in the credit, in the uh, connection cards, Darby's thin, he's fat, he's too this, he's too that. It's all great, I can't wait to hear him. But hopefully the communication and the conversation goes beyond here. And hopefully it's not about me, because that's not what I'm about. So. I'm gonna share with you a wee bitty story about a wee bitty guy and um, this forever change thing. And we're gonna go ahead and read the story. If you have one of these, anybody know what this is? 
has a Bible. <laughs> and I know that we like make it all nice and put it on the screen, but if you want to follow along in the Bible, you can follow along in the Bible, but because I'm forever changed and my eyes don't work, I'm going to go ahead and read along and you can go, okay, whew. the conviction of the guy who said I should have my Bible. It's all over. If your Bible has a handle, that's awesome. Keep, keep using that Bible in the handle. So we're going to read the story. It's found in Luke 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, as people do, mutter. Uh, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. By show of hands, who has heard this story before? Anybody? Okay, by show of hands, who won't raise your hand no matter what I ask? Okay, there's two of you. Good. Um, By show of hands, how many of you have really been forever changed by this wee bitty story? You have, first service had one. (laughs) Oh, we got two. Well, okay, so you guys, you guys, you guys pulled in, pulled in the other one. What I'd like to do is pray and ask the Lord to give us new eyes, new heart, to see this story in maybe a new way. So if you would uh, pray with me, that would be great. Lord Jesus, uh, we acknowledge that you are just that, that you are Lord, that you are Jesus, you are our Savior, and you teach through stories, and you, you want to interact with us, you want to connect with us, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would connect with us, that we would connect with you, that we would hear from you in a new way. That you would speak to our hearts, that we would have eyes to see what you're wanting to show us, ears to hear what you're wanting to say to us, and hearts that would be receptive. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. So I, like I said, was born and raised a good atheist, and you guys, well, I heard some chuckles about the wee bitty story, the wee bitty whatever and whatever. I don't know those songs that you, some of you may have grown up with. I didn't go to a church camp and all those sort of things. But this is a very familiar story for a lot of people, um, not so familiar for me, okay? But all stories take place somewhere. As you saw on the Andersons, we, we were in Lewiston, then we were in Sequoia National Park, and then we were in California, and then we're in Seattle. And that was just one year. Um, this story takes place in a place called Jericho. Jericho, for those of us are, who are Americans and don't know, but north is usually the top of the map, and south is usually the bottom. Anyway, so Jericho's north of the Dead Sea and east of Jerusalem. Um, and then it takes place in a place like this, right? And so this is Jericho uh, modern day. You know how I know it's modern day? This picture? 
It's a picture. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> There's cars. Brent pointed that out to me. I'm like, yeah, I feel smart. Thanks, Brent. Yeah, so, so that's what Jericho looks like. And this, the story takes place as Jesus is passing through there. So we're going to break it down a little bit, look at each verse a little more. Let's look at Luke 19.1. Luke 19.1 says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Passing through. This did not take place in a synagogue. This did not take place in a church building. This did not take place in an hour and a half on Sunday. This took place in a passing through scenario, in an in-between situation. Jesus was on his way, passing through, and something happened. Lives were forever changed. And I wonder how we do in the in-betweens. How do we handle from here to there? Jesus has something, obviously, that most Americans don't have and I don't do very well either. It's this thing, well, I don't know if you ever know, like, you ever done like a Word document and then you can create those things on the outside of the Word document, what is that that called? Margin, yes. It's this thing called margin and Jesus had margin in his schedule and in fact, maybe his schedule was anticipated to have margin so that he could show up and forever change people. For me, Lots of times I think, okay, God's probably gonna show up when I meet with this person because I have a meeting with this person and, and I'm me and they're them and they wanna meet and talk about God or they wanna meet and meet. And when you meet with me, you end up talking about God. Anyway, sometimes happens. So I kind of expect that in the meeting, but do I expect that on the way to that meeting that God may have an encounter for me on the way as I'm passing through, as I'm going? A lot of times I don't. And I don't have that margin. Sometimes I wait till the very last second. Oh, five minutes. What can I do in five minutes before I leave to go to the thing where I expect God to show up? But maybe that five minutes should have been a willingness to be interrupted along the way in real life situations. Jesus was passing through. And this reminds me of a verse, a pretty popular verse known as the Great Commission passage here in Matthew says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The word go there, we, I think, oftentimes think, oh, I, go to, I gotta go to Calcutta, maybe Zimbabwe or Zaire, or I gotta go somewhere to make Disciples, But that word is a continually present word, means as you're going, while you're going, along the way, maybe even passing through that you would make disciples. That it's not just uh, when you go overseas. And that no matter where you are, no matter where I am, he is with us so that the making of disciples, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time is with him and that he does that in us. He does it through us and he makes those connections along the way. Back to Luke 19. We're going to continue and press into what it has to say. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. 
he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. So the man's name was Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus means clean and pure. And so when he was born, he was known as clean and pure, and he was identified, you are clean and pure. And then chief tax collector, he has fallen far away from clean and pure. Who here loves the IRS? If you work for the IRS, don't take offense, but who here loves giving their taxes to the IRS? Yeah, none of you, right? And if they come knocking at your door, you're not like, woo, what? great to see you. Love seeing you in my life. So here's this guy, he's like chief trader. He's taking money from his people and giving that money to their oppressors. And so you can imagine he had a lot of friends, right? You think this guy had a lot of friends? I don't think so. I think it's like, ironic that his name is clean and pure and here he is the chief tax collector not just a tax collector he's the chief tax collector and what we find out about him is that he's wealthy and we're like whew alright at least he's rich right he can be Batman he can buy all the toys you know at least he's wealthy I don't know about you I've had the chance to meet wealthy people And what I find is they're super lonely and miserable because they've gotten to the top of the proverbial ladder and they're like, really? This is all there is? All this stuff? For what? I had the chance to uh, eat with Mrs. Firestone, as in Firestone Tires. She was a very sad, lonely lady. I got a chance to have a meal and sit down, break bread with the Rockefellers, the descendants of the Rockefellers. Um, And growing up with extreme wealth, I could tell you they were extremely sad. And here's this guy whose name is meant to be clean and pure, sad, maybe lonely, and unhappy. And... He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. So why is it that the chief tax collector wants to see this Jesus guy? Any ideas? Anybody know who Jesus had as one of his... uh, 12 in his posse, Matthew, who was a tax collector. So maybe Zacchaeus is like, wait, I lost one of my uh, tax people, and I got to see what's going down here, right? It's not in the text, but it's maybe, you know, or maybe, hey, here's a rabbi who doesn't hate people like me. Here's a teacher teaching about God and his love who doesn't hate people like me. So he climbed a sycamore fig tree. So here's the deal. Here's what I'd like you to do is repeat after me. Sycamore fig tree. One more time. Sycamore fig tree. Isn't that fun to say? Sycamore fig tree. I don't know if you heard it. Every time I read it, I'm like, oh, it's kind of fun. Like Francisco, that's fun to say. 
Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? All right, moving on. This is a sycamore fig tree. Probably not the one, well, I could tell you it's not the one because I was told it was from Africa. But you could see that there's a low base and here's this guy, super rich. Is it dignified to climb trees? I don't know, but I think it's cool like I would, but I don't know that I'm very dignified. You know, I'm like, oh, that's who I want to be. Anyway, so he climbs a tree um, so that he could be seen and see Jesus. And here's my one coaching tip. Every time I talk, you will get at least one coaching tip. And you do not pass the ball to where the person is. You pass the ball to where you anticipate the person will be. Does that make sense? So here's this Zacchaeus dude, and he's like, oh, okay, I see the trajectory. Oh, look, a sycamore fig tree. And he's going up, and he goes, and he, he gets up in there so that, that he could have a little look-see. So, so he climbed a sycamore fig tree. I don't know, in my brain, it's not that big. But uh, maybe it was. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. He went where he might be seen. He went where he might intersect where Jesus is going to be. How well do you look up? It's the wrong device, but you can imagine that this would be a device. The the college students are coming soon and who knows that I'm crossing the street or I'm about to fall off a cliff. No one knows, right? Because we're all got our faces in our devices. Jesus didn't have a device, but he looked up, right? And he says to him, listen, slime ball, come on down. Listen, you scurvy rat who takes our money and gives it to our oppressors. No. He says, Zacchaeus calls him by name, clean and pure, sees him as God sees him, as he's intended to be, as he wants to see you, as he, want, as he sees us. In reality, he sees who we are. He doesn't see slimeball. He doesn't see traitor. He sees clean and pure. And he's like, hey, let's hang out. I want to be with you. Come on down. He stands at the door and knocks and he wants to be with even us. Even us traitors. I must stay at your house today. And so here's this guy who's got a reputation. And what is his reputation? Not so bueno. Bueno means good in Spanish. Not so good. Okay? And he's like, hey, I'm going to hang out with you. Jesus had a reputation of being a friend of me, you, your coworkers, your friends, your family, the person in the desk next to you, the person on the tractor in the field next to you. He wanted to be with him, and he didn't care about him wanting to be with him. How does Jesus know his name? Is he pulling like Jedi mind tricks here? It's like, oh, Jesus knows everything. How do you think maybe he could? That's maybe. Jedi mind tricks. Mm. Zacchaeus, that's his name. Right? 
Who's Jesus got in his posse? Maybe Matthew's like, hey, look, it's the chief tax collector, Zacchaeus. It's not in the text, maybe. The amazing thing is that Jesus does hear what if we could do, we could, we could dominate ministry on the Palouse. We could dump, God's kingdom could come and his will could be done if we do this simple thing. That everybody, no matter where we've come from, no matter where we're going, everybody wants to be seen, heard, and understood. Jesus knew who Zacchaeus is, was, and who he's meant to be. Jesus knows who you are. He's not like, oh, I'm shocked. I didn't know that about you. And yet, he sees you, he hears you, and he wants to be with you, even with me. And we see in this story that God is in the distractions. Jesus is passing through, but maybe his main point is connecting with Zacchaeus. He's not too busy. He's got margin. And, and do you distract well? I don't distract well. But maybe it's those times, like I'm, on, I'm in between here and there and wanting to go, and my daughters know how much I love waiting for them when we need to be somewhere. They're like, oh, Dad... You distract so well. Probably not. Okay. Major eye rolls, front row. <laughs> Love it. All right. So what we also see here is in this story that God wants to be with us. That thought blows my mind. The creator, the sustainer of the universe, the person that holds every molecule cell atom together forever and now, he's like, yeah, I want to be with you. That's crazy. Do you not know how I've been a traitor to you? Do you not know how I've sold you out? Do you not know that, that squirrel, that shiny object that totally made me lose my, do you not know? Oh, he knows. And he sees us, he hears us, he understands us, and he calls us to be who we really are, clean and pure, and he wants to be with us. Continuing on in the story, we see all the people saw this and began to mutter, as people do, right? Oh, a little, don't be a mutterer. Nobody wants mutterers. Unless, of course, you're writing on your connection cards about how Gus can do a better job. Then, then mutter as much as you want. That'd be really good. So anyway, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner, and so he's got this uh, reputation of um, being a friend of a sinner, which is a good reputation to have. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to him, Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. The chapter just before chapter 19 is what we like to call chapter... 18. And in chapter 18, there's a story about this guy who's got everything together. He's known as the rich, young ruler. Young, handsome, he's got everything figured out. 
He's got the bull by the horns. He's got it all. And Jesus is like, yeah, you lack something. Give that stuff away and follow me. That's what you're lacking. Right? And here's this, uh, this guy, Zacchaeus. Did Jesus tell him to do this? To give his stuff away? Nope. The guy that you would think, hey, if he can't make it, then who can make it? The rich young ruler. And Jesus has this story of this passing through moment where there's this guy who experienced the depths of the emptiness of life, having everything but having nothing, and he gave it all back. Jesus said to him, Jesus didn't say to them, he said to him, one person at a time, he looks at Zacchaeus, says to him, hey, clean and pure, you know, that he sees him as he really is. He says to him, today salvation has come to this house. Today salvation has come to this house. Do you think Zacchaeus wanted to be saved? Do you think he liked being chief trader? Do you think he liked being super wealthy and yet empty? No. Salvation comes to this house because this man too, even this person, even Darby, even your coworker, even you name it, is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. If you're wondering what's the purpose Man, I'm bored. Seems like Christianity's a little boring. Church is a little boring. Oh yeah? Go seek and save someone that's lost. It gets real exciting. Reach the world with Jesus one person at a time and you're like, oh wow, <laughs> this is crazy. This is awesome. This is like an adventure. And this is why he came, to seek and save the lost. None of us apart from him are found. None of us. We're all lost. We're all in need of a savior. We all need to know that he sees us, he hears us, he understands us, and he wants to be with us. So we have some questions coming up. We're going to take communion together. Um, so those that are serving communion, if you could make your way back and make that happen. Um, we serve communion here in such a way that we hold the elements. If you want to celebrate the death, burial, resurrection, and what Jesus did in sacrificing for us and remembering that, then go ahead and hold the elements and we will take communion together. But like I said, I like to hopefully start a discussion that the discussion would continue on outside of these walls, um, maybe in these walls, but be beyond the here and now. Um, so if you, you have them in your notes or you could follow along with me, these are maybe some discussion igniters to talk in your home groups with your family, your friends, your coworkers. And uh, it was pointed out that Darby sneaks in too many questions. Um, it, I just clump them together and it feels like one question, but there's more than one right there. Do you interrupt well? Maybe that's all you need to be asked. And if you don't know the answer to that, feel free to ask your sibling or your spouse, your significant other, or someone who will be honest with you would be the best person to ask. And is there margin in your life to allow God to show up in the unscheduled and in 
unintended ways? Or can God only show up when you expect him to show up? In which case, who would be God if he only gets to show up when you want him to? That's a good question, but I, I, I ran out of questions. Too many questions. Another question is, what level of expectation do you have for God to intervene as you go throughout your day? I mean, like, do you really expect him to be God? Do you expect him to show up throughout your day? And why do you think that is? Third question, where do you anticipate God to show up outside of the church service and the church's walls? Where do you expect him to show up? What excuses have obstructed your view of Jesus? What tree should you climb to see him more clearly? Note that that is a metaphor, probably, unless you really do want to climb a tree, which is always fun. And you can go, look, I'm undignified. It's beautiful. I'm up in this tree. So what do you need to get over so that you can see him and allow him to be honest and, and receive Know that he sees you, hears you, and understands you. And finally, what is your next step of faith as you embrace the reality that Jesus sees you, he knows you, he understands you, and yet he wants to be with you? Who are you going to share this with? Because we can think these things, we can have warm, fuzzy feelings, but it's meant to show up on Tuesday at 10, and Thursday at 3, and Wednesday at 1. Wow, those all sound alike. It's meant to impact us in real life, everyday ways, and these discussions are meant to continue beyond the, the here and now. So, one of the ways that, that we realize that God has forever changed us, that we remember what he's done for us, is we take communion. And we're gonna finish with um, a song, a song that talks about God pursuing us and doing crazy things to be with us. How God recklessly goes after us. And as we take communion, as we finish this, this time of gathering, my encouragement to you is, is to consider what Jesus has done to be with us. The uh, night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's remember him together. Jesus, thank you for not seeking your own comfort. Thank you for recklessly pursuing us. Thank you for seeing us, hearing us, understanding us, and for wanting to be with us. As we think about us being your foe and you still fighting for us, when we were the chief traitor, when we chased after things 
and found the emptiness in those things in those ways. May we come back to you. May we be reminded of your reckless love for us. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life on the Palouse. You can find out more about us by visiting us online at liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.